it's now time for the uh, technology team to do its presentation on medical. So, Lisa, are you going to introduce everybody? Yes, I will. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I would like to welcome everyone and thank everyone for attending. This is a session put on by the Technology Access Team. I would also like to take this opportunity to thank those from PCB and ACB Radio working behind the scenes to make it all positive. If ever there is a year when we need to bridge gaps, it is this year. I'm thinking in particular about the gap between the things we have and the things we need. Uh, Toilet paper, anyone? But there is sometimes a greater, larger need, and 2020 has really redefined how we access that information, and that is information regarding our health, uh, both gaining access to the information and having the ability to have conversations with our healthcare providers. What we have for you tonight are two pre-recorded presentations. Julianne Lieberman is going to talk first about uh, various health apps and solutions in general. And then Kelsey Nicolay is going to demonstrate one in particular that is called MyChart. And in between the two presentations and after the second one, we will allow some time for questions. So if you would, please, Doug, go ahead and start by playing Julianne's presentation for us. Lisa, I'm on. Uh, I think I'm unmuted. You are. Um, Okay, I can start up uh, while Doug's getting ready on it. I I wanted to just mention that uh, primarily that I was focusing on was telemedicine, how we're visiting, uh, bridging the gap with making the doctor's appointments uh, in instead of being in person, uh, doing it virtually, and also getting the virtual information uh, about your particular conditions that you might be experiencing, the symptoms and matching things up. And the ironic part about it, um, just uh, give me a shout when you're ready, um, is that today, um, yesterday, Sorry, just, just testing, <laughs> you were ready. <laughs> okay. Uh, Again, uh, we had a telemedicine appointment yesterday, and um, what was so amazing, and I think this is kind of dovetails nicely with what Melissa's uh, topic was, uh, it was the first time visit I had with a, a specialist, and she was mostly distracted by the fact that I couldn't see her, uh, even though I, you know, she could see me because I had my camera enabled uh, during the telemedicine visit. And it was it was really very fascinating because she said because uh, it was an endocrinologist and she asked me to share the information from my uh, Freestyle Libra sensor app on my phone, and I was able to get that uh, her provider number in on the app and share the information. So she's real time looking at the data on my phone uh, about my uh, glucose levels for the past fourteen days. So it was really fascinating just to see. Again, not only the fact that we were using telemedicine, I met virtually with this person, uh, but the fact that the, I was blind really freaked her out. 
<laughs> that I was using a computer. All right, Doug, let her rip. Hello, this is Jewel Ann Lieberman coming to you from the Pennsylvania Council of Blind Technology Access Team. I want to talk about two topics now, one of which is how do you find out what is wrong with you using technology? And the second topic is visiting with your doctor. In the modern age of quarantine, telemedicine or telehealth visits. Okay, let me get started with the first topic. The first topic is, how do you know what's wrong with you? Question mark. Well, there are several ways that you can search on the internet for signs and symptoms of a particular problem that you might be having. The most popular search engine or portal, as it's called, is called WebMD. So that would stand for Web Medical Doctor. WebMD has a lot of search features where you can put in symptoms or if you know what your diagnosis is and you want to learn more about it, you can put that in the search field and it will take you to several cited resources, including other universities and hospitals that may have produced papers on that subject. So it's a good idea to uh, check out WebMD as a first stop when you're checking out some symptoms. Another is to go through your primary care doctors or your university or medical center's website, and then you can also do some searching through there. Again, remember that it's keywords that they're gonna be looking for in a search engine. So be mindful when you're typing in what you're putting in that to search for. If you're too broad a category, you're gonna get a lot of quote hits and a lot of things that you'll be spending time searching through. But if you're more specific you are, the more likely you're gonna find a match. Okay, so now that I've talked about how to figure out what's wrong with you, another way to do this, of course, is to consult with your primary doctor, probably recommended first step to do as well. One of the advantages of telemedicine is that you can reach out to your primary doctors or your specialty doctor and schedule a, a virtual appointment so they can connect with you either using your smartphone, your tablet, such as an iPad or another uh, tablet platform or a PC. What's gonna be needed are the following. You're gonna need a smart device, computer or tablet that also has a camera. You will also need a Wi-Fi connection and preferably in a Wi-Fi connection at home in a private network with a secure password login. You also are gonna make sure that you have um, ample time in order to check out the services that you're gonna need, what platform is being used. So keep that in mind at the back of your mind. I recently did have an appointment with a primary care doctor using telemedicine. For me, the advantage of this was dramatic. I didn't have to rely on a car ride service like Uber or Lyft to get me to the appointment. I didn't have to bug a family member or a friend to take me. 
Uh, also, that means that we reduce the exposure that we had, unfortunately, in this time of COVID and upcoming flu season, exposing us ourselves out with strangers or even exposing our family or friend members to environments where things could happen, I felt that using a telemedicine appointment would probably be the safest approach for me to use. The second advantage, of course, was time. I could schedule an appointment that was convenient with my work schedule within the doctor's office hours and had some flexibility at the timing of the appointment. Advantage two. Advantage three is that I was much more relaxed and it also gave me a time to really talk about the appointment with the doctor as they did a pre-visit checkup with me prior to the uh, connection. In other words, the uh, nurse practitioner contacted me. She chose to use, since I have a smartphone, text messaging. So I got a text message with uh, options to answer the following questions. And they were basic questions that you would be asked as you go in for an appointment. And this also included a COVID symptom screening. I thought this was a very efficient way to do it. And it saved both of us some time. The follow-up then came with a link that was sent to me both as a text message as well as an email so that I could open up the link at the uh, scheduled time of the appointment. My primary doctor is from Penn Medicine Valley Forge, and she uses, um, or I should say Penn Medicine uses a platform called BlueJeans for their telemedicine. I was a little intimidated when I saw that it was an unfamiliar web link And I was concerned, guess what, on accessibility. Well, needless to say, I shouldn't have worried because I clicked on the appointment a little early because I wanted to make sure things were going to be working fine on my computer. And I uh, discovered that the tabs were well laid out, um, buttons were labeled, and I, I was told that the doctor wasn't uh, available yet for my appointment to please Uh, stay in the waiting room, which I thought was kind of amusing considering the waiting room is my living room at that point. With this said, once the appointment started, I heard that the doctor was now in my room. Uh, We had started a conversation. Silly me though, I didn't check my audio settings. And so I quickly had to, she could see me because my camera was uh, being used, but she couldn't hear me. So what I ended up doing was very quickly switching to the computer audio uh, rather than using the separate microphone um, and so that she could hear me and we could have a conversation. I noticed that she was more relaxed too. And so we had a, a very good and very helpful conversation about a concern I was having. And she made some recommendations, which I then uh, followed up with uh, scheduling for uh, another lab appointment, as well as other recommendations that she provided for me. For me, this was a very positive experience. I did a little uh, research as in, well, what other uh, medical providers, what other platforms are they using? 
And in a short uh, search around, I did see that uh, Mainline Health, which is another health system in my area, uses Zoom. Yes, the very platform that we're using today. However, they do have a client that's HIPAA compliant. So that's another thing to think about when you're choosing to go through a virtual appointment, much like you wouldn't be talking to your doctor on the bus. Uh, Choose a quiet location. Choose a time where you're going to be comfortable as well as available with the doctor. And try to keep the ambient noise down. In other words, please turn off the radio and the TV during the appointment so that there is no competition for the audio for either you or the doctor. So little tips like that can make a big difference in the positive experience. I do know that there are other telemedicine platforms. You don't choose that. However, the doctor, the medical provider in the doctor's office chooses it. Frequently, large medical centers already have a platform that they've been using. I know Temple University, uh, Temple Health has this platform. I do not happen to have any Temple physicians, so I can't tell you what platform they use. But it's likely that it's one similar to uh, Blue Jeans or maybe with Zoom uh, in order to complete these telemedicine visits. In this day of quarantine, and again, as a person with a disability, I find it very helpful and comforting to know that my doctor's office can schedule an appointment for me to visit with my doctor, and we can have a one-to-one where she can see me and see the nonverbal communication, can tell whether I'm under stress. Um, They already have um, a lot of information on me. Had I had a talking blood pressure um, monitor, I probably could have given them my blood pressure, but the questions they ask me are the basic questions of my height, my weight, um, and also if I had any other interesting um, information to share. Through my chart app, which I know we've talked about already, uh, there's also on the health app on my iPhone, there are several other ways I can report and connect to my doctor. So I took advantage of that and signed up uh, on my health app so that I could share this information with my um, primary physician. And uh, as you probably guessed, there are all kinds of new apps out there that I use on my watch that actually can uh, give them additional information, such as my heart rate, can give them a graph of uh, how that's been over the course of days. It also can tell them um, my sleep patterns, should I choose to enable that. I haven't. Um, I also tried out the EKG and got a reading, and they can access that information literally from taken from my watch. Now, with a grain of salt, of course, you know, um, that some of this stuff is only accurate for as much as technology can give it. It's not the same as a doctor visit, but it gives them a good sense if things were really off and whether things are about normal. I do use the Libra sensor, um, which is the freestyle sensor, 14 days, to keep track of my glucose levels. And that, too, can be sent as a report to my primary care doctor. So for me, technology uh, in health and medicine is very important. I've grown more and more dependent on it over time, and I encourage those that want to learn more about it 
to either visit um, PCB and check out our link um, and check out how to access the technology access team. We're happy to help and we're happy to share the experiences online with you as well as through connections through PCB. Hope you are having a great day. Stay well, stay happy, and don't be afraid of your tech. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. Excellent. Thank you, Julianne, for that very well-spoken, very well-thought-out information. I will open it up for questions in just a moment, but wanted to briefly share an experience that I had because unfortunately, it did not start out quite as promising as Julianne's. I had an appointment with a new doctor, <clears throat> and they were using a platform. I don't remember how to spell it, but it was called Doxy. And it looked like it was going to work beautifully, but it didn't. Um, I thought I was in there, but nothing was happening and the doctor could not see me. However, I had taken the step prior to the appointment date of saying, um, I'm totally blind, <laughs> and it's possible that this may not be accessible. And I don't remember, but let's say my appointment was 10 o'clock. I will be punctual, uh, so if I'm not in there by 10 or 10.01, if the doctor could please call my cell phone. And she did that, and so there was no visual, but we had a nice conversation. Um, we did talk about if there would be a need for visual in the future, and I said that I could do FaceTime or Skype or uh, Google Hangouts, but the plain old call worked out well um, and if you don't have a smartphone, you could do that as well. The other thing we talked about was the fact that I could use a visual interpreter service like Ira, and they could help me take pictures. Let's say, for example, that, um, I don't know, I had a rash on my arm. I could ask Ira to help me snap a picture so that I actually got the rash and not my ceiling or something and then I could send it to her. So a really kind of interesting thing right now is because of COVID, all the rules are changing and people are having to be creative and revise. And one really cool thing about that is it's putting them in that kind of creative space. And I find that people are more willing to be flexible and to work with me rather than saying, well, this is the way we've done it for years. So let's move on and have any questions that you might have for Julianne at this time. Okay, if you have any questions, raise your hand. There are no hands raised at the moment unless somebody on the panel has a question. Well, Julianne, I guess you get a doctor's office lollipop or something. <laughs> Um, or maybe no medical bill. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, that would be lovely, yeah. I'll get okay. <laughs> Thank you, folks. Yeah. All right. So let's move on from here. And uh, now, Julian talked in general about various kinds of apps, both for 
seeing your doctor and relaying health information and then also for accessing your information. And I use this app that Kelsey is going to talk to us about. And I love it because I can look at all of my results and I can look at results from previous years and it's very uh, accessible. I actually had what almost counts for religious experience the other week. I went in and they said, um, we have redesigned our website and I was hearing already the screaming, the weeping, the wailing, the gnashing of teeth. And it was, they made it even better than it was before. It was a thing of beauty. And so it really feels like they do have this commitment to accessibility. And so I think you will find benefit to this regardless of what system is used. But if you are lucky enough to have my chart, hopefully this information will be helpful to you. My chart is an app that is offered through many healthcare organizations. And what it does is it allows you to manage your healthcare. Basically, you can do things such as look at test results, schedule appointments if your organization allows that, communicate with your doctor via message. Everything that you could do over the phone with your doctor, you can now do online. In order to sign up for my chart, you'll need to get a code from your organization. Typically, you can either call them and request to sign up for MyChart or when you come in for an office visit, you can do it then. In either case, you'll need to provide your email address, phone number, mailing address, date of birth, and any other information that your organization requests. Once you have received the code from your provider in an email, you would click on the link provided and follow the on-screen instructions that you're given. This will take you through the process to finish setting up your account. And once you have set up your account, you can download the app either by clicking the link provided in the email or you can go to the app store and search my chart and that's one word and the m in my is capitalized and the c in chart is capitalized and once you've downloaded the app you sign in for the first time using the username and password that you set up and after you've signed in for the first time you are then prompted to enable either face id or touch id depending on your device and this is personal preference but i like having touch id enabled it just makes for a faster login. And the important thing to remember about initially signing up is that the initial signup needs to be completed in a web browser. So you can do it using Safari on your phone. But after that, then you'll rarely, if ever, need to visit the MyChart site. The only time that you would need to visit the MyChart site is if you were prompted to confirm your information, such as notification settings, which I'll talk about in a second, or if anything else has changed. Notifications, there's a variety of different ways that you can receive a notification. You can choose to have email. That means that they'll email you whenever a new message is available or a test result or any other notification that might be important. You can also get text alerts and you can even get phone calls. And I actually have all three set up. And another way to get notifications is to turn on push notifications. And this is something that 
once you've signed in and enabled Touch ID, you are actually prompted from the app whether you want to allow notifications or not. So you just say yes, and then so you'll get an email, a text, and you'll also get a notification on your phone saying you have a new test result, message, or anything else that might be important to you in the MyChart app. So I'm going to I'm going to sign into my account now. MyChart loading. Double tap to dismiss pop-up button. Now what you'll notice is once you sign in, because, and this may look different depending on your organization, but once signed in, if you have any health reminders or anything that's overdue, you're going to be directed to a pop-up window that will display any reminders that you have overdue. So what you'll need to do when you want to get back to the main screen is there's a button that your that voiceover will focus you on when you get to there that says double tap to dismiss pop-up. So I'll do that now. You have new notifications button. And again, you heard voiceover say that you have new notifications. So that's basically confirming the same thing that was displayed in that pop-up. Menu button. Uh, menu. So I'm going to double tap on menu because there are some important things in here that you'll need to know. Double tap to dismiss pop-up button. And again, um, you have a button to double tap that you can dismiss that pop-up. But this app relies very heavily on two-finger scrub gesture. Now you can, of course, double tap the back button or you can also tap on dismiss pop-up, but the scrub gesture is very heavily used in this app. So it's a gesture that you should be comfortable with. Personalize button. Personalize. This just allows you to customize the view of how things look in the MyChart app. I'll just go in here and show you a few of the options you have. Cancel button. You have a cancel button. Personalize heading. Save dimmed button. Um, right now the save button is dimmed because I have not made any changes. Kelsey Nicolay. Okay, then it has your it has your name here. Nickname. You can add a nickname. Kelsey. Text field. Color. Uh, you can change the color. Green. Button. Since I'm totally blind, this doesn't matter to me, but if you do have a little bit of vision and you want to change the color, this is where you go to do that. And you have a variety of color choices here. Tangerine. Button. Selected. Blue. Mustard. Button. Purple. Button. Teal. Button. Pink. Button. And that's all we have in this. Cancel. So button. I'm going to cancel. Cancel. You have new notifications. Button. Menu. Button. When I click cancel, it took me out of the menu. So that's something very important to know. If you do go in there and personalize and you don't make any changes, you're going to be brought back to your main screen when you click on cancel. So I'm going to double tap on menu button again. Double tap to dismiss pop-up. Button. Personalize. Button. Account settings. Button. Here are your account settings and I'll quickly show you some of the things that you can do in here. Back button. There's a back button. Account settings. Heading. Change colors and names. Button. Here's another way you can change colors and you can also change your name here. Update email and phone. Current email. Pianogirl0299 at gmail.com. Current phone number. 330. Button. Here is where you can update your phone number and your email address. It's very important that you keep your email address and your phone number current because these are what my chart will use to communicate with you as well as your doctor. So it's very important that if there's any changes to your email address or your phone number that you go in here and you update that as soon as possible. Now, in some cases, you might even get a 
pop-up notification when you log in that says confirm email and phone. This happens every so often because they want to make sure that no information has changed. So just it's real important that if you get that notification that you act on that right away. Change password button. Um, here, uh, this is self-explanatory. You can uh, change your password if you need to. And one thing that I will point out is it used to be that if you chose to not use Touch ID and you had to enter your username or password, if you entered your password incorrectly too many times, your account would be deactivated. And they've since changed that to where now, if you try to log in to a uh, failed login attempt too many times, it will just prompt you to change your password. But this is another way, if you for some reason do need to change your password manually, you can just go into account settings and make that change here. Use passcode, switch button, off. Double tap to toggle settings. Um, here you can set a passcode. I personally don't use that, but um, you can use your iPhone passcode or you can create one. It's just another way of logging in to your app in case your password gets lost. Use a four-digit number as an alternative login for your account on this device. And that's just a description of what that does. Use Touch ID. Switch button. On. Double tap to toggle setting. Um, use Touch ID. That's turned on right now, but if you for whatever reason want to turn that off, you would go in here and um, make that change. And also, you would also need to make that change again if you had to either delete your Touch ID or your Face ID and reset it up in settings. You will need to come back into account settings in my chart and you'll need to re-enable that feature. Use your fingerprint as an alternative login for your account on this device. Again, that's just uh, a description of what that setting is. Two-step verification. Switch button. Off. Double tap to toggle setting. And here you can choose to have two-step verification turned on. For my account, I have this turned off, but for more security, you do have that as an available option. Use two-step verification to add an additional layer of security to your account. Learn more. Button. Notifications. Switch button. On. Double tap to toggle setting. Here's where you can adjust your notifications. I recommend for the best experience keeping your notifications turned on, but this is personal preference also. Send notifications to this device when new information is available. Link my accounts button. Link my accounts. Now this is a feature. If you have a my chart set up with more than one organization, linking those two accounts together, it just creates one single view of everything. Connect your accounts from other healthcare organizations to create a single view of your health information. My devices, heading. This is my devices, just that just gives you a list of all the devices that are signed in to this MyChart account. Kelsey's iPhone, remove all devices button. And now here, um, again, you can select remove all devices if, you know, if you're getting a new device or if you, for whatever reason, don't want to be signed in on your device anymore. So now I'm going to locate the back button and get out of back here. Button. Back button. You have new notifications. Button. Menu. Kelsey. Heading. Care team. And here is a list of everybody that's in that uh, organization. Glenn, Chris, Mary Claire C. Hop, Michelle. Activities. Now here is a list of everything that you can do with this app. And I will go through each of these individually. COVID-19 Info Mercy button. And here's some information regarding um, coronavirus. Basically, it's just describing what the organization is doing to help 
protect health and safety of their patients. COVID-19 Info Suma button. Advanced care planning button. Advanced care planning, this is basically if you are unable to make healthcare decisions on your own, you can add a decision maker here. You can also add documents such as a living will or advanced directive. I personally have not set this up, but if you wanted to do this, this is where you'd go. Test results button. The test results, I'm going to double tap on here. Loading. Back button. You may have heard my chart say that it was loading. Sometimes, depending on your connection, it may take a minute for some parts of the app to load. So just, just be patient if it's not loading right away. At the top of every page, you're always going to be presented with a back button. In some cases, it's a close button, but in any case, you're always going to have a way to get back to your main screen. But if for some reason you don't, you can just two finger scrub and that will also take you back. Test results, heading, group A strep screen by PCR, 12 slash four slash 2019, ordered by Mary Claire C. Howarth. APRN CNP button. This is just a list of all of the tests that um, your provider has performed. Now, due to privacy and security reasons, I'm not going to go into any of these tests and show you it, but basically, when you double tap on it, it's just going to give you the name of the test and it's going to give you the result. And in some cases, if your physician has written any notes, it will also explain those in there. So that's, uh, that's test results. I'm going to Two finger scrub, I'm gonna go back. Test results, button. Messages, button. This is probably the most important part of my chart. So I'm going to double tap on messages. Back button. There's your back button. Now, in messages, you have two tabs along the bottom. You have your inbox, which is your list of messages that have been sent to you. And then you also have a sent tab, which displays everything that you have sent to your provider. So if you wanna go and check to see if a particular message went through, you can easily go in there, go to your sent tab and see if it's there. So I'm going to give you a quick tour of messages here. Inbox, heading, M.A. Taylor W. APR 30, 2020, re. Visit follow-up question, semicolon, Disclaimer, HTTPS colon slash slash. So here you have a message. I'm, I'm not going to read the entire body of the message, but I'm just going to show you what it looks like. Loading, M.A. Taylor W. So there you have listed who it's from. Subject, re, visit follow-up question. So there's your subject. 4 slash 30 slash 20, 3.59 p.m. And there's the date it was sent. Visible to me. Visible to and... Uh, this just means that only you can see it. Hi, Kelsey. And here is your uh, message body. And again, you can just use your standard voiceover commands to read that. Now, one thing I will point out is, unlike mail, my chart inbox messages are not threaded. Even if you have multiple messages from the same person, each message will show as its own message. As far as I know, there's no way to thread my chart messages. So I'm going to... Back out of here. M.A. Taylor W. APR 30, 2020, re. And that's just a quick tour. And then uh, I forgot to mention that once you're in a message, you have, you can delete a message, you can reply to it, and you can also compose a message. That button is at the very, very bottom, but you can also compose a message from within the main message screen. And I'll show you that now. Sent, tab, two of two. So here's the two tabs I was telling you about. Selected, inbox, compose, dimmed, button. Now here is... 
Send an up vertical compose. M A Taylor W. Send tabs compose dimmed button. Send button disabled. Cancel button. Again, um, here you have your cancel button. Now, something I should I will mention regarding composing a message. Your send button is going to be grayed out until you type something in that message body. So unlike mail, where as long as you have something in the to field, it's your send button will appear. Here, you have to actually have all the fields filled out, including message body, for that send button to show correctly. So I'm going to demonstrate the process of how to compose a message. I'm not actually going to send it. Get medical advice. Heading. Send. Dimmed. Button. Send an unurgent message to your clinic. Expect a re regarding Kelsey Nicolay. And this uh, regarding Kelsey Nicolay, that's just, so that would be different. It would just show your name there. Two button. Two button. So you'll need to double tap on two. Double tap to dismiss pop-up button. And here again, you have a double tap to dismiss pop-up, or you can do a two-finger scrub here. Choose a recipient. Jackson, Glenna S. MDPCP button. And here again, you have all of your people that are listed in your care team. I'm just going to double tap on one of these. Cancel button. Uh, here's a cancel button again if you choose to not send it. Get medical advice. Heading send. Dimmed button. Send an unurgent message regarding to subject button. Now, uh, subject, you'll need to double tap on subject. Double tap to dismiss pop-up button. Choose a non-urgent medical question button. And here you just have a variety of options to choose from. You can choose non-urgent medical question, prescription question, test result question, or visit follow-up. So I'm just going to choose non-urgent medical question. Cancel button. Not send. Send a non-urgent to subject visible to me button. And again, um, only you can see that message. Attachments button. And here... You can add an attachment to your message. Um, this is just your standard double tap on message on attachments, and you'll be presented with your most recent files, and you can add attachments that way. I have not done this. This is a relatively new feature, so I haven't had a reason to mess with this quite yet. But it is something that could be handy depending on what you're sending. Message body. Enter a message. Text field. Double tap to edit. Use the rotor to access message body. Enter a message. Text field. Double tap to edit. Use the rotor to access misspelled words. And here is where you would enter your message body. Now you can use any standard method of typing works. You can braille screen input. You can use Bluetooth keyboard. You can dictate. Any way that you would type normally on your device is available here in the My Chart app. So use whatever you're comfortable with whenever you want to send a message. So I'm going to cancel this because I don't actually want to send this. Cancel button. Back button. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back now. You have new notifications button. Messages, appointments button. This is where you can see your past and your future appointments. And unfortunately, right now, at least my particular provider has appointment scheduling disabled, but that is also available here. So I'll just quickly show you the appointments menu. Back button. Appoint future. Physical with Glenna S. Jackson. MD on Monday, September 21st, 2020. Summa Health Medical Group, Medina Family Medicine. 3,780. And this just gives you 
all the information pertaining to my future appointments. So I have appointment on September 21st at 7 a.m. and it also gives you the location and you can also add your appointments to your calendar right from here when they're scheduled. And you can also do that when you get an email notifying you that an appointment has been set. You can also choose add to calendar from there and it automatically fills in the information for you. So you all you have to do is just click on the uh, add button and your appointment will be there. So it's just a very convenient way to add your appointments. Now you can also add to Google Calendar, Yahoo Calendar, and I believe Outlook Calendar. I don't use Outlook Calendar very much, so that's not important to me, but it is available. Past heading. Now here's a list of all of my past appointments. Office visit with Mary Claire C. Howarth, APRN. CNP on 12 slash 4 slash 19 button. And here uh, this lists the appointment details and I can double tap on this to see everything about that appointment. Now something very unique about my chart is that with each appointment your provider will put in an after visit summary. So after each appointment they're going to put in here what was discussed during that visit. And that visit summary includes everything from your vitals, any concerns you may have, care instructions that may have been provided, any prescriptions that were written. So it's just a nice handy way to go back and review what was discussed at a past appointment. Due to privacy, I'm not actually going to read through a visit summary, but I just uh, wanted to point out that is a very handy feature of my chart and it, it's something that is really important to really get the most out of this app. And you can even message the doctor right from here too as a visit follow-up. So if you have additional questions, you can quickly message the doctor and they will get right back to you. So I'm going to back out of here. Appointments button. Medications button. Medications. This section lists all of the medications that you are taking. This can be a very handy tool to have if you visit a doctor who's not in your organization you can quickly pull up that list and show it to them to do one new button to do if you have any overdue vaccines or preventative screenings your clinic will put those in here as a to-do list and it's going to show up like a a checklist. So if you're familiar with the checklist feature in notes, once that item has been completed, then that will disappear from that list. And sometimes it takes a few days for providers to update that once the results are in. So you may need to contact them and ask them to remove that from your to-do list if for some reason it has not automatically been done once test results are in. Find Care Now button. Find Care Now, this is a feature that is available in select regions. Unfortunately, my area doesn't support it, but if it did, it just allows you to find urgent cares, emergency rooms, uh, things like that. So when you double tap on Find Care, it's going to prompt you to enable location services and you can either choose while using the app, allow once, or don't allow. My documents button. My documents. This section is where any forms that your doctor has had you sign or complete, this is where they'd be uploaded. So things like consent forms, pay all new patient forms are listed here. So it's just, a, again, another, another way to access all of your information. Health summary button. Health summary. This just gives a general overview. Again, lists your medications, allergies, things like that. It has it all in one place. If you want to quickly reference. Billing button. Billing. This section, if you have 
any bills from a previous visit, they would be listed here. Unfortunately, my chart does not allow you to pay the bill directly from the app, but if you either call the billing department of your organization or you can even pay online if they support it. Estimates button. Estimates, uh, I have not messed with this too much, but I believe that it has to do with insurance costs. Letters button. Letters, I'll double tap in on here just to show you. Letters, heading, close, button, heading. You have a close button here. Close, you have no letters on file, main, landmark. And since I have no letters on file, there's nothing to list here, but if there were any kind of special letters that needed to be written for any reason, this is where they would be listed. So I'm going to back out of here. Close, button. And here is one place where the scrub does not work. You actually have to double tap on the close button, but most places in the app, you can two finger scrub. Letters, button. Questionnaires, button. Questionnaires, this is where if there's any questionnaires that your provider needs you to complete before a visit, you double tap on that and it would show any questionnaires that are incomplete and you can complete and submit them right there in the app. So it's very convenient. Share my record, button. Share my record, this is where if you need to go seek care at a place that is not in your organization, you can allow them temporary access to your record. The way it works is you'll need to know the email address for the organization that you're sending it to and they will receive a temporary code that's, I believe it's only good for an hour or a couple hours and it just gives them temporary access to that record so they can see any information that might be important for them to know. And you can also export your record. So if you need to fax it, you can export it to Word if you need to, PDF. There's a number of ways that you can share that record. And you can also grant friends and family access to it. For example, if you have a family member who is your power of attorney or healthcare decision maker and you want to share your information with them, you can do that here. E-visit button. E-visit, this has to do with virtual care. And some organizations will support this and some won't. I don't believe that my provider will do this through the app. They do have it online, but the last time that I attempted to use this in the app, I was not able to. So you might want to check with your provider, see if you can do an e-visit through the app. But basically, an e-visit is like telemedicine, allowing you to virtually talk to a provider, get a prescription if needed, things like that. And the thing about my chart that's really makes it unique is the fact that I don't have to call my provider's office anymore. So no longer do I have to sit on hold for 30 minutes to half an hour or an hour waiting to speak with someone. I can simply log into my chart, send a message and get a response usually within an hour, but sometimes it can take up to two days. It just depends on the doctor, how busy they are and what your question pertains to. So that's pretty much a tour of the MyChart app. Just a couple final thoughts. Some organizations do allow you to share data from the Native Health app. So if you have any information in there that you want your provider to know, you in some cases may be able to share that with MyChart. Fortunately, my organization doesn't support that, but yours might, so check with them. Okay, thank you very much, Kelsey. Uh, at this point, we will entertain any questions. 
about anything that was covered in the presentation. Okay, Bob, you should be able to unmute. Okay, I've got a couple questions actually for Kelsey. That was very interesting with the my chart. Um, the first question is if you've got a history with the provider but you haven't signed up with my chart before when you sign up does some or all or none of your history come into the app? That's a good question. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think any visit that you've had will be displayed in my chart, but I'm not 100% sure on that because I signed up right away. I believe that's okay. correct. Actually, I checked it today uh, because I was with my doctors and my chart, and it had history going back many years of any kind of uh, records that were sent to my uh, pen medicine team care providers. So actually, was surprised. I saw something from 2008 there today. So there was there was some history depending on what records were shared uh, previously before you signed up, and also uh, you know, with that care team. I also want to mention uh, quickly, Kelsey, that uh, the attachment feature was really handy. Um, recently, I had both the flu vaccine as well as my first round of shingles vaccine and the pneumonia vaccine all performed at CVS Pharmacy. And I took the receipt, scanned it in, attached it, and so then it automatically got uploaded into my chart. The team looked at it and added it to my checklist of the to-do. So that was really handy, having that attachment feature, um, be able to send that kind of you know, documentation. Um, I also wanted to add one real quick note about other apps. Uh, I do use a CVS app, which is the pharmacy that I use. And um, in addition to having the new feature, which will be coming soon, Spoken Rx, which will read the um, medication bottle to you, um, I also can schedule refills for my prescriptions. I can schedule the appointments for those vaccinations right there in that app, and I did so. Uh, that's how I got the, all those things taken care of. Um, and then I was able to, again, once I got the receipt, send it off to uh, my care providers under uh, in the MyChart app. And it was really very efficient way to keep track of all my immunizations and also then relate it with the health app that I showed up that I had my flu shot on my health app as well. They do <laughs> each other. It was really cool. And my second question had to deal with the setting up for, uh, I guess, multiple providers. You'd mentioned there was a way to do that. But earlier on, when you were talking about the initial setup, you said you had to get a code, I believe, from your provider, and they would give you an email, and then you'd have a link, and you'd set everything up, and then you would download the account. Do you have to go through that process of getting a code and email for each provider that yes. you want to incorporate into? Yeah. Chart? Yes, you do. Okay. Because each provide, I mean, they still use my chart, but each provider's, um, how do I say this? Their, uh, their setup is slightly different. So while you may have an, already have an account, you're not going to be able to log in under another provider's account. So you'll have to go through that process 
every time unless unless that provider is with the same healthcare organization i don't think you have to go through setup again i'm not sure about that because i don't i don't have i only have one provider with my particular organization so i i'm not 100% sure on that but if you go to a different organization that uses my chart, you have to go through their setup process. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Next question, please. I wanted to, you know, since I'm sort of involved with CVS because of who my health insurer is, uh, when you, when you do things with CVS right now, are you, depending upon them to mail it from a centralized place because work has your individual pharmacy been able to help you. I think I'm directing this to Joanne, I believe. Uh, yeah. I, the, the CVS app itself, you choose which pharmacy physical location. Um, the CVS cares Mart app is different. And that's the one is the mail order app uh, that would then handle any kind of prescriptions that you have a uh, service set for mail delivery. Uh, but the CVS app literally has uh, a, a great deal of different, you know, of course they send you coupons and everything else too in it, but it also allowed me to go into my list of all the prescriptions that I have on file. Um, you know, after I set it up with my, you know, obviously my, all my contact information, uh, an identity, and uh, in the, the prescription list, it will give me a, a notification when something's ready to be refilled um, or available for you know to be refilled. Uh, it also tell me when things need to be contacted. Uh, I have to contact the care team um, to get it, uh, a new prescription for it to be continue, and it also tells me when was the last time it was filled. So there's a lot of great information on the medications. Yeah, it, it is. Because at present, the two CVSs don't have the, the equipment to do it. So I have to go through a, a, a different pharmacy to, mm -hmm. to do the talking prescriptions. But it, it's worth it because at least I'm getting used to it. Yeah. And again, the, the Spoken RX is, uh, supposedly is going to be nationwide by the end of 2021. Yeah, this is Kathy. That's what they claim. Joe, I used uh, CBS Caremark for a while, but uh, and when I did, I had Braille labels. But they would. It was always interesting because you had to order a couple weeks before, and they would tell you that it would be there. But then they would, and I had it so that it would show in the profile every medication every time. And you kind of have to say that, or they would do it once, and then they would forget and not do it. So then they would see, oh, we need Braille. Oh, my goodness. So then they would, oh, it'll be delayed, and I would end up going to the pharmacy for like four days worth of medication or something. So finally I got sick of it and just went to the regular CBS pharmacy. I am currently just putting Dymo tape labels in, you know, on, in Braille with my medication and I keep a braille chart of what the RX number is and stuff like that. But I'm looking forward to having spoken RX and I've done quite a bit of advocacy for it. Well, very good. Certainly that contributes 
to the success. I got a, I got a man in corporate named Joe, and I when I, it took me a couple hours to get to him, but when I did, I explained, have you ever heard of it? Yes, I have. I said, good, I'm going to stay on hold, Joe, while you call my local pharmacist, because the, the clerk there wouldn't let me talk to him, so maybe she'll let you talk to him, and I'm going to stay right here till you do it. And he's like, uh, okay. Okay, folks, it's 6.30, I mean, 7.30. Thank you very much. It's time to end this conversation. Yes, thanks to all who participated.